Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TNT Podcast with your boy Torres Finney and my co-host Tyler Layfield. What's up, Tyler? Feeling good, man. It's a good day to be alive. Good day to talk some sports. Oh, I thought you were about to steal on the moon quote. <laughs> good day to be alive. A good day to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so doesn't do that. It's yeah. a grind to whatever that may be for you. You know, yeah. I try to remember. Also, yeah. Moon is fighting this Friday. Everybody want to know. So, on um, a Saturday, take back. He is fighting this Saturday, so uh, in Atlanta. So that's gonna be a phenomenal uh, card. I cannot wait. You know, uh-huh. definitely uh, try to pick it up and buy it and uh, watch it uh, because that's not the only thing that's going on this weekend. But we will get to it. Okay. But um, let's get to one of the biggest stories in all the sports. Yeah. Um, a lot of people wouldn't consider this a big story in some in some of their cases, but. We saw um, Julie Edelman yesterday retired, you know, speaking on this on Thursday and on the Wednesday, he retired. So he retired on the, on the Wednesday and on Tuesday, he retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so he retired from the NFL, uh, you know, after playing what I believe was 13 seasons. Uh, yeah, from, 09, so from 2009 to 2020 with the New England. 2020, uh, so that's 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, So 11 seasons in the NFL. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's just talk about the career of Julian Ellerman. I mean, the man started off as a punt returner. I never forget seeing him playing DB in the AFC Championship game against the Ravens in 2011. Yes, this man was playing cornerback. Yes, in the AFC Championship game. That's nice. Um, this man played punt return. This man is playing. Uh, like I said, cornerback. We all know of his wide receiver skills. Uh-huh. He made one of the clutchest plays. I mean, in yep. the history yep. of the Super Bowl. I know all Falcon fans. That's all that I saw in my timeline. That's all. That's so funny, man. That's all. I, and, uh, Cole's in our group. Cole was like, I did not even click on the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too, too many tears me. were shed on that night, man. Too many tears too were shed shit. on that night, man. Mm. It's for real. But yeah, man, Julian Elderman, uh, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what? He's one of those receivers that he's gritty, you know, good route running, dependable hands. Um, you know, until the latter end of his career, you know, the, you know, uh, last year, Brady's last year, he actually led the league and dropped. Mm-hmm. But that that wasn't Elderman in the majority of his career, especially in the promise career. Elderman was one of the most dependable receivers you had. Was he the top? you know, five flashiest receivers in the league every year? Probably not. No. But you always could depend on an elderman when it was needed, especially in playoff time. Especially, I mean, what, don't he have a playoff record for, what, one of the most receiving yards? I don't know. It's not the most receiving yards, but I think he's, like, top yeah, five. He's up there. I mean, because Patriots live in the playoffs, except for – Yeah, they live in the playoffs, exactly. You can't, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. And then yeah, I remember uh, not a few uh, a few years ago against the Rams, he won Super Bowl MVP. So let's go on and get to the question. I mean, hey, the big question that everybody have been arguing with, arguing with on social media is: Is Julian Elderman a Hall of Famer? So I think we talked about this on the show last year a little bit, but we talked about if Julian Elderman was retired, would he be a Hall of Famer? 
And then you ask yourself this question, comparing it to a guy like, oh, Terrell Owens, why mm-hmm. it took him two to three years to get in? Because it doesn't it doesn't deal with anything off your off the field action. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all about your own field actions. Uh huh. Judy Oldman on the field was a phenomenal player. We, I'm not going to take that away. But the numbers, the stats, compared to others, Hans Ward. Hans Ward has 7,000 more receiving yards than Julian Elderman. And he's not even on the Hall of Fame yet. Which I think so, yeah, and I, I'm on the boat. Come on, man. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. People, heck, some people make a case and believe Wes Walker was still the better receiver in their prime than Julian Elderman. So we can't, I mean, just because he lived in the playoffs, that's basically that's basically like what the NBA did. I mean, rightfully so, they were it wasn't that many players, but basically that's what the NBA did with the Celtics with Bill Russell. Everybody that was on his team made the Hall of Fame. So when people use argument, well, he had played with 10 Hall of Famers. Well, yeah. who else who else was winning at that time? Yeah. Who else was playing at that time? You know, and this is the thing with Elderman. Elderman is playing with a lot of receivers, but his numbers don't match up with the Julios, the Antonio Browns, the Michael Thomases, you know, right. all the DeAndre Hopkins. Don't even come close. No. He's he has never been top five in receiving yards in the league ever, ever. So I think he's always had a lot of touchdowns. You know, he, he was known to be a good red zone receiver. He was. But if you picking a team, could I sit here and say is who is Junior Elliman a top ten receiver all time? No. Could I say he's a top fifteen receiver all time? No. No. Could I say he's a top twenty receiver all time? No. No. I mean. I can, I'm probably I'm probably being nice, but he might barely make top forty. Yeah, if that, if that, I mean that's a lot of receivers, man. I mean that yeah, you, you're right. There's been a lot of good receivers throughout, you know, the time in NFL, and you know, just comparing him to those guys, it just don't he don't stand a chance, man. Like like you said, the stats just don't measure up. Um, and and I'm kind of like you, you know, I, I'm. And you know, you bring up it's funny you bring up Terrell Owens, you know, your your UTC fellow alum, right? That's right, baby. Uh, shout That's out, right. shout out to him. But um, yeah, yeah, the main reason they uh they, you know, it's it's taken him so long, the the whole attitude stuff off the field, that it shouldn't be factored in, but it is. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, it, it's although it shouldn't be happening, bias is gonna happen. You know, people have their own biases, yeah. people have their own prejudices, things like that that get in the way. And like you said, it's kind of like um, a little bit of a flip-flop in a sense. Julian Edelman is like always praised to be this guy that he's willing to risk his body. You know, he's willing to do anything yeah. for his team. Um, you know, he has, he has the humble beginnings. I mean, we talk about, I think it was Western Kentucky, I think, is, or something like that. Or no, it was East, East Kentucky or something like that. Where was it? He was one of those. It was one of those. He, um, he ended up, you know, just being this player, kind of like a walk-on in a sense um where he just had to start low and work his way up um you know throughout his career and you know he did that by doing the dirty work you know being doing the stuff over the middle of the field where he's not afraid of getting laid out you know that that was something that he was really known for being that tough gritty guy that the new england way i mean torres you you, you follow uh our friend of the show it's kent state by the way i just looked at kent state I'm kent state that's right yeah, something with a kent in it western kentucky eastern kentucky <laughs> <Kent> state <laughs> 
But a good friend of the show, Blake Corgan, big Patriots fan. We know them both. Uh, he said this hurts worse than Brady leaving, Brady and Gronk leaving to him. That's what he says. So he you, said that. He did. He came out and said that. So um, that just shows how highly the Patriots fans think, you know, of Julian. Will he make their ring of honor, you know, whatever that is that they call it? Yeah, by all means. He, he's an all-time Patriot. Um, but I, I'm very much in agreement, you know, in agreement with you that I just – I don't think it's Hall of Fame – you know, worthy, the the stats that he put up. I mean, you look at it. I mean, I'm, I got the stats pulled up here. He he got over a 1,000 yards three times in his career. He got close one other time with 972. I mean, not that that's like the marker of success, but you certainly judge that in it. And then, you know, his highest uh, touchdowns in the season was seven. He had a couple with six, which is really good. And we know him, like I said, for making those. those his runs. highest was seven? Really? Where? I'm looking at it right now. Yep, receiving wow. touchdowns in 2015, seven. In 2018 and 19, he had six each. Now, um, also, you know, we know him as the Swiss Army Knife. You know, he's, like you said, cornerback. He's played some quarterback. He played quarterback at Kent State for the longest time. He, they use him yeah. plays. They'll, they'll, they'll throw it out to him, and he'll throw it down the field. Things like that. I, I'm going to, you know, I've always loved watching him. He's a great guy to watch, a, you, know, um, you know, a good role model for a lot of these athletes coming up. But – um, if it's up to me to make the super, not the Super Bowl, the Hall of Fame, I'm not gonna put him up there. Yeah, you know, and and, and that's the thing. Like, and I and I'm a little, you know, I'm a little sad about like the the basically the NFL community because you know, right when you retired, the question was in him at Austin, you know, is it a Hall of Fame? And everybody, instead of people praising his career, everybody started downplaying. You know, well, he's not a Hall of Fame. He ain't this. He ain't, he ain't up there with. Oh, this person, that person. Well, yeah, yeah, he's not. But don't take away from the man. The man just retired. For real. The Hall of Fame questions didn't come in yet. They, they really it's shouldn't. It's always going to really happen, do. man. It's but they're going to happen. Just like every time somebody wins a championship, are they the greatest team of all time? You know, like they'll bring that up every yeah. time. No, it probably, yeah. probably not. But it's just, it's yeah. a good topic. It's a good topic. And yeah, I mean, Elderman just retired. He should deserve a little bit more respect than that. But I look at and then another question I ask, you know, and people remember Dion Branch when he won yeah. Super Bowl MVP, you know, and he was that type of dependable receiver for the Patriots. Is he a Hall of Famer? You know, exactly. Know. You know, so I mean, heck, Chad Ochocinco was a better wide receiver than Elvin, and if he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, you know, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame for a good minute, and I believe mm-hmm. it's going to take a minute before they actually put him in. Yeah. So they're going to take a minute before they put him in. Then, by God, they're going to be a minute before and before Elderman get in. But I, I want people to recognize this as well. I think the level of pitting guys in the Hall of Fame is really low. I think I think the Hall of Fame is starting to get, a, like, a little bit diminished. Oh, I, I, oh, not necessarily NFL. I know for a fact a little bit like the NBA. I, I was going to bring that up. When you were making the NBA yeah. point earlier, I was like, it's nothing special anymore, I guess, to make not. the NBA. Because the NBA, it's just a participation thing just about now. They just – they'll throw – They'll throw random people. I think people that you're just like, how, you know? But they'll throw like Vincent, right? Like, like, like a guy like you know, no, nah, nah, take it away from me. But a guy like you know, Dave Rose or or um, Blake Griffin, you know, I don't yeah. know if he actually will make it. But they they will 
throw a guy like them they in, probably, you know? Yeah, I would and and they, are they good players? Yes. They were good. But a Hall of Fame is an elite of the elite, man. There should be a standard, man. There should be a It's got to be rare, man. Like, a lot of people argue, like, is Draymond Green a Hall of Fame? You know, the way they throw guys, I mean, I, I believe back in the older day, he wouldn't be considered a Hall of Famer like that. Uh-huh. But because of the way that everything is, I think he gets. I just, I think he gets thrown in. Probably he'll he'll end up getting it. I think I think Draymond will, but I don't know. I can't see. I can't put Draymond in the same breath in a sense with Blake and Derek because I mean he does have the championships behind it. He does. We've all seen him, you know, do the the defensive stuff. We, you know, he's become a, such a big TV personality and everything. I mean, Blake has to. I guess you could say not so much D Rose. D Rose is, you know, he's kind of off to himself. Um, but but I feel like Draymond kind of adds a little bit more to his resume than than those other two in a sense. Yeah, you're right yeah. though. I, I felt, I've always felt the NFL has held held theirs to a higher standard. Who knows the way the world is nowadays? I don't know. They might start you know being a little bit more lenient with uh, who they put in. They can't be like that because it's supposed to be a standard. And I ain't gonna lie to you. If they put him in. Don't be shocked to see Joe Flacco in. And then we're gonna have to have these all the time arguments. About Joe Flacco, well, oh, I, I I'm willing to put it. I don't think Joe Flacco is. <laughs> he was good. Now he was good, but I just the way things have gone, I don't know how you can put that man in, bro. I don't know. And then I heard people talk about Ron Fitzpatrick. What you think about him? No, it's he's a exactly. beloved guy, but no, come on, y'all. Exactly. No, they get they get caught up in this fandom, the high fandom, yeah, recency bias. Yep, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're both on agreement that uh we don't we don't think Edelman should probably make it there. No, he's not a Hall of Famer, but you know what I mean. And I'm gonna help you out with this one. You know, with Edelman not being in the Hall of Fame, it only helps. I mean, I, I mean, we all agree Brady's you know the greatest quarterback, yeah. but it only helps his argument in a way. Well, he only played with one Hall of Fame receiver, yeah. uh, Gronk. You then you gonna start having that. And then now, you know, obviously now he got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and all that. But while he was on the Patriots, all he had was Gronk. You know, people gonna start throwing no, it had, when that's remember not he had true. Randy Moss. He had Randy Moss for just. A he day. did have well. Okay, take that back. Yes, he did have Randy Moss. He had Randy Moss, but he had Randy Moss for what? Three years? Two yeah, it years? wasn't much. It wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't long, and it was on the tail end of Randy. Well, it was fun. Boy, was it was still fun. really good. I loved it. Randy was still really good. God, yes, I loved was. it. Jeez. Yeah, it was dominant. It was so dominant, but and and that's gonna be like you know like people gonna revit people change history when we get 20, 30 years down the line we'll be arguing with our kids about whether or not our good Tom Brady well Tom Brady he played with all these guys yeah. like, wait a minute now wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> we saw him play we know okay. who he played with. we know he played with. <laughs> it's just I mean year after year we always bring up you know he can take a bum off the street and he can make it into you know somebody into something that that's that's how I'm always gonna kind of kind of think of him. I think he can make anything happen with any player. Just I think he can too. Yeah. I think he helped really the career of West Walker and Julian Elderman. Elderman is not we're not talking about Julian Elderman right now if it wasn't for Tom Brady. I yeah. can assure you that. Now I believe his work ethic would have made him a good football player still. Yes it would have. But Tom Brady is without a doubt has helped a lot of guys career. He helped a lot of guys get money. So without him in, in a lot of ways, man, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys' name wouldn't be where we speak of them now. So Yeah. Wow. But but hey, you know, since we're talking about football, hey, we got another guy. Yeah. That just signed a big time contract. 
And a lot of, and it was within my division, the Pittsburgh Steelers division, you know, and we'll also get to another signing, but uh, Jadavian Clowney signed with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. So, man, you have a young guy on a clown on one side. Yeah. The other side, you got Miles Garrett. Uh-huh. All ready to a stack defense in its entirety anyway. You're building up this defense. Browns going to be good, man. The Browns are coming. The Browns are going to be there. But I will say this. It depends on how that boy plays at that quarterback position. Yeah. He played really good this year. Yes, he did. But I got to see it. Anybody can do it, as they always say. But can you do it consistently? That's what I want to see. That is what I want to see out of the Browns. Are they consistent? Yeah. yeah. And Jadavion Clowney has shown he's actually not been consistent. Yeah. Ever since he has left Houston, ever since he basically left a little bit of Seattle, did he, did he go to the uh, Titans? He was with the Titans um, last year, yeah. And, and it was not good for him. He was not good for him. He has been on a downfall. So I really want to see how much of this signing is really good in all actuality. So yeah. what do yeah. you think about Clarence signing the Browns? Um, I like it. I mean, they said the deal can be up, worth up to $10 million, like with bonuses, incentives. You how know, many years? I think it's just a one year, man. I think it's just a one year deal. I'll, I'll look it up just to verify. It. But um, I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of like this deal for them. It's just a short term thing. If it works, it works. You know, at, at the worst, this is a rental of somebody that has the potential to, you know, take your take your team to the next level. Yeah, it's a one year deal worth up to $10 million uh, should he hit those incentives and bonuses and whatnot. But um, I like the addition. Miles Garrett, we, we know how good he is. He's a household name, you know, now. Um, <clears throat> he, he's done, got really good. And it, he was a big factor in them, in their success this past year. And teams are starting to realize that, you know, he's starting to get to that, that point. I'm not saying he's up to Aaron Donald's level by any means, you know, like the double and triple teams. But people are definitely, you know, okay, we got to, that, that guy we have to block. You know, like we have to put maybe somebody over there to help chip or maybe somebody to the double team, something like that. When you add another guy like Clowney, a guy that's been in the game for a while, who Torres, you you and I both remember those days at South Carolina. He had he had a ton of potential, bro. There's a reason this man was – what was it? Was it the number one pick? I'm pretty sure he was in his draft. Yes, the number one overall pick. That's right. There's a reason, right. bro. He had put loads and loads and loads of talent. He was huge for as young as he was at that time. And he was just a freaking monster. You add him with Miles Garrett, with those other pieces on defense. We saw how good they were last year. And I, I really do think they're turning a corner. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we can get some insight from Tay at some point, you know, maybe like that locker room or something, <laughs> but I do well, like, you know, Tay's now on the Texans now. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You had told me that, um, which is going to be, you will uh, prayers up for Tay. <laughs> Like I'm yeah. to prayers up for Tay. You, hey, but hey, take and change that culture, right? Hopefully, um, yeah. yeah but tough, tough stuff at the moment. But I, I do think that organizational culture-wise, they, they they made a turn last year. Um, you know, having Stefanski coming in, I feel like he has changed the the, the way that they kind of operate and the way they kind of do things. And, and it resonated with that team. Um, they came to play, bro. I mean, hey, Torres, you of all people ought to know they came to play in the, in the playoffs, right, man? They did. They, <laughs> they did. They got did. the pieces, man. You, and you want to know why they were able to play? Because there was somebody that we had in our running back position that couldn't get the job done. They but could. now he's going. That's right. 
That's right. James Conner, he is now on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and when James Carter was our starting running back for the past three years, we were 29th, 28th, and 31st in rushing yards per game. Yeah. Tough. Mm. Tough. With a good offensive mm. line. With a good offensive line. Too. Exactly, bro. We couldn't get a yard. We used to have to throw. That's why Ben used to throw the ball. So I know. Much. I know. We won our Super Bowls when we had a really good running game. Mendenhall. Not who we throwing the balls 50 times a freaking game. All right, Mendenhall and Bettis. Bettis. There you go. Mendenhall. That's right. I like them, That's too. Right. Those are fun. Parker. There you yeah. go. I like so, them, man. So, I mean, what? So, I mean, I myself, I'm over here kind of cringing at it. I don't see Connor fitting that offense literally whatsoever. The offense no, no. that, you know, what, the the air raid, you know what I'm saying? You got, you got Kingsbury. You got Kyler Murray. You got all these receivers. Connor doesn't fit that to me. I mean, he doesn't even fit a run-heavy team that, or a team that, you know, should have been run-heavy, you know, with the Steelers having that good offensive line. If he couldn't do it there, I don't think he can do it in Arizona. That Now, Arizona has gotten a little better. I think they have picked up some offensive line pieces um, <clears throat> this offseason so far. But for what they're doing, you got, you got to have a guy that can, like, catch out of the backfield. And I don't think – that wasn't his specialty. That was not his specialty whatsoever, right? No, he could do it. He could – but Connor doesn't have that 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 burst. Yeah, you know he. he now I don't want to say he's slow. He but just don't have that quick twitch. Yeah, like these other running backs have. You know, yeah. and so he is more of a downhill back. He is more of a between the tackles. Let me hit you four yards in a cloud of dust type back. Yeah, but you can only use that for so long. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, and this, I don't want to turn this into a you know bashing James Conner segment because I mean all respect to the guy. I was I was a huge yeah. fan of him. I wanted him to do good. The yeah. whole cancer thing man, that resonated with me because you know, coming from Pittsburgh, playing exactly. in Pittsburgh for the Steelers, I, I, I love mean, it. I love it. Great story. So I don't want to say that oh he sucks, he's trash, he's garbage. I'm just saying he, you know, like Torres said, he hasn't lived up quite to the expectation that he was supposed to with the Steelers, and. I just don't think it's going to really go too well in Arizona. Um, I, I don't even know what that deal was worth. It couldn't have been a whole lot, right? But um, Arizona, I don't see the fit. Maybe it's just them taking a flyer on a guy that can maybe bring something to him. So, I mean, if anything, you know who I might could see him being decent for? Who? Maybe Seattle. Add to that running back, you know, room. They could kind of shuffle guys in. They run the ball. Well, I can see it. I, I see that's just because of the way Russell Wilson do things. That's hard for me to still see that, you know. You like to run the ball, so, or at least they did before they got rid of Schottenheimer. So yeah, that you know, <laughs> we all know about that one yard line. <laughs> but I mean, hey, you know, a lot of these good deals are going to all these players get an opportunity. I mean, that's really good in there, you know, in that regards. But I don't really see either one of these free agent. Uh, um, Acquisition for either one of the team really changing up a lot. Uh, Clowney has not shown me nothing since he left. Uh, really, Seattle and um, Connor. I know. I mean, Connor going to show me something for me to think that the Cardinals actually going to have an efficient run game with him being in the helm of the backfield. So yeah, and just yeah. just to update, um, I'm looking at the odds right now. Cleveland coming in with the eight best the eight best odds to win the Super Bowl at plus two thousand. Um, and then I'm trying to see where Arizona is. Give me one through eight. One through eight. One through eight. So, I'll, all right, I'm reading them in order. So, you got the Chiefs, 
Buccaneers, Packers, Ravens, Bills, Rams, 49ers, and Browns. So that's that. Why the Ravens are at four? Um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, oh, okay. And? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm trying to come up with something here. Mar- Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, rumors that Antonio Brown might go there. Um, they got rid of Mark Ingram. They're going to probably give uh, J.K. Dobbins a bigger role. Uh, Ronnie Stanley probably coming back at left tackle. I don't know. I, I'm just trying to come up with it. But, and then the I'm defense. Say, well, I'm going to need more than that because the Bills should be above them over anybody. The Bills yeah, they're, is they're the biggest them. upside from anybody in the AFC. They're behind them about 100. So, yeah, but the Bills, I, I like that. Yeah, I think the Bills, I mean, but obviously besides the Chiefs, you know, and then, like I said, um, and I've said this since last year, as long as Tom Brady's at the helm of any team, they always got a chance of winning the Super Bowl. So, obviously the Chiefs and the Bucks, but any, any team after that is easily, in my opinion, the Bills, way before the Packers. I think the Packers, Packers should be like a four or five guy team to be uh odds of winning the Super Bowl because I think the Packers got some stuff to work on, especially, uh, you know, sometimes defensively. I mean, they, they, and their defense played really good this past year, but I mean, the way Tampa Bay was like slicing them up. I mean, Hey, those DBs were in trouble. (laughs) Arizona, Arizona, they're in at 18 and then your Pittsburgh Steelers are right now at 16. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. We'll see. Hey, I, I mean, I, don't I, get down I, on I, I expect the Steelers to win, but I don't, don't expect them because we got the draft coming, man. You can, you can, you can get some of those needs met in the draft. So I hope we do. Yeah. A little guy with an arm. I hope we get us a quarterback. Okay. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all let Justin Fields fall down low. He y'all let him fall down. down. He ain't I fall. know you. Well, hey, the big question is, who the 49 is going after? Yeah. That's the biggest question right now. Who is the 49ers going after? Yeah. So. All right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, so so but, shift this on over to some uh, some UFC, man. We got some UFC news. Break us down with that. I'm about to say, you know, we talking about <laughs> Connor. Talking about James Connor. James Connor. Actually, Connor McGregor. Uh, <laughs> so yes, today officially Connor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier has been officially announced, July 10th at full capacity. That means there's gonna be a hundred thousand fans. Where's it gonna be at? Uh, uh, T-Mobile Arena. Not a hundred thousand fans. Say that back. Um, uh, like fifty thousand fans. It's gonna be like fifty thousand fans. Uh huh. So, uh, like fifty thousand fans. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Um, full capacity. You know, no restrictions. All balls to the walls, like they say, baby. Yeah. So. Um, and, you know, this is not going to be our first fan event because our first fan event, guess what? It's happening in two weeks with Usman Masvidal. We definitely will get y'all a show for that one. Oh, yeah, we got to get uh, Mainly the Connor versus uh, Poirier fight. Um, yes, Connor. Uh, they had a little beef on Twitter. Yeah, so did. there's been this talk. You know, Poirier comes out saying that, um, you know, all this talk about Connor talking about uh, donating $500,000 yeah. to my foundation. He's like, well, after the fight, for over three months, we've tried to contact your people and none of your people responded to us. And Connor got mad. Mm. Connor's like, hold up. You're not going to mess up my name like this. He said, I asked y'all for the plans of the money 
And y'all did not give me the plans of the money at all. All y'all did was tell me that. Y'all, I mean, and I, I know. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I know. Because some business wants to know where every dollar is going for a family. I mean, you don't blind, you don't blindly give $500,000. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people I saw on social media was talking about, well, Beeb just gave him $100,000. He asked for all that. Well, that's a Beeb, you know. Connor is more on the business side. Habib is not like, and I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I think of uh, uh, Connor, not Connor. Uh, Dustin has been taking the money. You know, I, I don't believe he's doing it at all. I don't. Mm-hmm. But I am saying is that I understand the point from where Connor is coming from, where he wants to know the players behind the money. But yeah. besides that, Connor, I mean, y'all should have found a way to get into it, get with each other. And get that money sitting over to the foundation because you did promise that. And yeah. the fact that it's been three months since then and you have yet to do it, it does make it seem a little bit fishy. It does. That's the reason why. And they got some beef now. And when you got beef, I ain't gonna lie to you, Connor know what he's doing. He's doing all the selling. All he's doing is just wrapping on up because he know he's about to sell this pay-per-view like crazy. So, so that's all he's doing now. Selling the pay per view. Selling the pay per view. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they announced it to you know here recently. I mean, what was it was today, right? On on this Wednesday, yep. they announced it. So I've heard, and I don't have the line pulled up right now, but I heard that Connor is actually coming in as the favorite to begin this. Yeah, he was minus fifteen. Are you shocked? Minus. I mean, minus one fifteen. Minus one fifteen. Okay. So it's still. Uh, and I'm shocked. Huh. It's still close, so that I mean that that's a close. It's really close. Yeah, it is. But am I am I shocked? No, but Dustin Poirier is getting a lot of disrespect, man. I mean, this man just knocked out this guy. You are the underdog to a guy you just knocked out in two rounds. Uh, what? <laughs> like, does that make really make sense? Like, if that happened to any other fighter in all the sports. If I just knock you out in two rounds and I'm still the underdog, what? Yeah. Yes, Connor did that win is. round one. He did win round one of that second fight. Maporia uh-huh. still pinned on him, bro. And those calf kicks added up. And Connor couldn't adjust. No. And I think Connor will adjust this time. I think we might see a little different fight. We might see a little bit of the old Connor, but in all honesty, man. Corey is gonna do his thing. I think I, I, it's gonna be a good fight, man. It's gonna be a good fight. And mm-hmm. yes, this is a huge legacy fight for McGregor. McGregor don't beat Poirier. Looking at the downfall of the the greatest star in UFC history, um, mm-hmm. it will now officially be his downfall. If Poirier loses, people gonna talk about. He made the worst decision in all of the MMA uh, history. Instead of going for the title and becoming a champion, he went after money. He went after the money fight. Hey, that might be I mean, that might be his thing. I mean, I, I don't, I can't necessarily blame the guy. You know, he, everybody has their own, you know, goals and you know things that they want to achieve. Different strokes for different folks. If he wants that money, don't get that thing. That's what I say. Yeah, but but, but you also got to you got to remember this too now. Like the champion, I mean, you get championship pay per view points and you can become the champion. But mm-hmm. Poirier wants to be the outright light 
a lightweight champion, no UFC champion. He he was the interim lightweight champion, but the reason why I mean the reason why he couldn't get the whole thing was because Habib was the other champion, the interim champion. Then they fought, and we know what happened. Habib submitted him. So now that Habib's retired, we're about to have a definitive champion. But the crazy part is. The definitive champion is about to be a guy who only got one fight in the UFC. Or it could be another guy that won eight straight fights out of So it, it could be the way. But Poirier could have been right there, man. He, he, he didn't want it. He didn't want it. And no. this is going to be really interesting because you still got Justin Gaethje out there. What the heck is he going to do? You know, so it's going to be it's gonna be good to see, man. This is, yeah. gonna, this is a big fight. This is a big fight, man. This is a really big fight. And after this fight, I hope, I hope they can get it down. But Francis and John Jones need to happen. If they yeah. can get this fight, I truly believe John Jones versus Francis Nagano. Will it break Habib and Connor? I don't think it'll break that record. But it'll doggone show come. I don't know. I don't know. Cause people love to watch John Jones and it ain't often you get to see him fight. And then versus this guy that's just been on a tear. I I, I don't know. I would I wouldn't go against it. Plus. If they really hype it up, they do the whole Africa thing, bro. I'm telling you that I wouldn't sleep on that breaking the records. I really wouldn't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Anything about that? If they did an all, bro. That's what I'm saying. If they do that thing, yeah, that's probably the toughest test in John Jones history to go in the house of Francis Ngannou in Africa. Yeah. All the fans behind, literally every single fan will be behind Francis. For the heavyweight title, and you're called the GOAT. If he beats that man in his home turf, the question of GOAT is no longer ever in the question of anyone's mouth. Like he was sealed or deals, he did that. That's a tough thing. I mean, we talk about fighting alone. It's a difference between fighting the Apex, fighting Vegas. When you got to go to somebody's home turf, fight, that's like fighting Connor in Ireland, bro. That's like fighting Habib in Russia. It's like, it's, it's like George Foreman going against uh, Muhammad Ali down there in Africa. You know, everybody was exactly. from Ali. Nobody liked George Bro. Foreman. Nobody liked George no. Foreman. Nobody liked Ali. Ali, Bumaye. Ali, Bumaye. There you go. So you think about it. Hey, look, that's like Captain America going to fight Black Panther in Wakanda. Who right. do you think they right. cheating for? <laughs> right. We know. Exactly. We know. You know, hey, you know they they stand like, come on, man. So, yeah. like the Winter Soldier, you know, look, you know he wasn't going to stand a chance. He wouldn't do what called this. But in all honesty, yes, that would be a fight like John Jones if he was able to go in Africa on an all-African car with Usman, Israel, Nagano, the biggest, one of the biggest cars in the history of the sport, main event, heavyweight title on the line, and you go in their place and take their title, well, you know, you got you got this weekend's fights, all right? You got Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Gastelum. Phenomenal fight, phenomenal middleweight fight. Uh, excuse me. Does this have so many implications? I mean, man, with Robert Whitaker potentially, you know, winning this fight, this could be the automatic, I don't have to fight again. My next fight is automatically for the title against Israel, and I don't see anything that should be stopping Robert from fighting Israel in a rematch. In a, re in a rematch, I do believe yeah. he can get Israel in. Um, 
but yes, I'd easily see Robert Whitaker. Uh, uh, I don't. It's gonna be a fight, but I see him beating Gaslam. I think he beats Gaslam. Potentially, might finish him. Um, it just Robert Whitaker is so crafty, man. Is this, is this five two, rounds? Five rounds, yes. All right, interesting. That's gonna be a really good fight, man. Right. You know, Gaslam he ain't no uh, pushover, but it's just a really tough fight for him, man. And I think Robert Whitaker handles this one really easy. I mean, everybody wanted to see Robert Whitaker and Paula Costa. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that fight, man? I thought that would have been an amazing been fight. Fun. That would have been a really good fight, man. Yeah. Real, that would have been a really good fight. I would have liked that one. <laughs> I, that one. So, I, I think it would be uh, much closer. That's what I would say. I think it would be much closer. Yeah. Um, so you got you got Whitaker. I got Whitaker in this one. Yep. Yeah, I think it's definitely Whitaker. I don't I don't have any doubt in my mind. I know he's the favorite here, but I think he should be heavy, heavy favorite. I've just it's not that I don't believe in Gaslam, but I kind of don't believe in Gaslam. <laughs> I don't know. Um I've just had a bit of a I don't know. I've had a bad taste in my mouth. You know, the last like couple of times I've seen him fight, I just haven't really cared for what I've seen from him. Uh, but on the other side, Robert Whitaker, of course, you know, he didn't look too great in the well, I don't know, the Adesanya fight, you know, he he ended up, I don't know, he lost it, but it, it looked like, I don't know, I think we were discussing, like, where, you know, does he still even have a chin? You know, like, does he still have a chin after that fight, right? I think it's what yeah. we were talking about after that one. But, you know, since then, he's had two back-to-back, you know, good fights. The one that I'm really uh, referencing here is uh, the Cannoneer fight. I thought he looked freaking good. I thought he, he looked, looked really, really freaking good. Um, yeah. And... You know, I just haven't seen that from Gaslam, you know, on the other side of the coin. So I just think it's a lock, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock that one up. He's gonna he's gonna pull this one out. We, I got Whitaker all the way um in this weekend's matchup, man. I'm feeling good about him. I might I might I might put some bets down, bro, to be honest with you. That's how good that's how good I'm feeling about him. So, it should be a really good fight. That card should be uh, really interesting. Um mm-hmm. next you got also, but not in the same sport, you got Jake. Paul versus Ben yeah. Askren. Yeah. Man. This uh and this is boxing or what? This is boxing. This is boxing. This is gonna be an interesting fight. It depends on um I don't know what to expect out of this and be honest with you, you know. <laughs> you know, Ben Askren has never been known to I mean his punching has been awful ever since he started MMA. He's been a guy that I'll grab you. Uh, I'll grab you. I put you on the ground. Once I put you on the ground, uh, you're my you're in my world now. Where mm-hmm. this is nothing but boxing. I really want to see how Ben Ashburn's hands look. Jake Paul been practicing with some real pro boxers, so Jake Paul is not no pushover. I want everybody yeah. to know that. Now, is he on the true pro level of boxing? No. Could an amateur in boxing right now beat him? Yes. But no. Uh, I will say a professional mixed martial arts. True professional mixed martial artists would beat him in boxing as well. But Ben Askren is not that type of guy because Ben Askren was never a striker uh, in no regards. He could not punch mm-hmm. at all. His punching was awful. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. But I think the hype keeps going. I think Jake Paul beats Ben Askren. And, and, and Jake is the one that beat Nate Robinson, right? Yep. Okay. When that finished, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning the same way as you. I mean, you make a really good, um, you know, you make a really good point here. 
about, you know, Asker not being a good striker. That only makes me more worrisome about him. Um, like you said, Jake has been training. He didn't look bad in that last fight. You know, he, he looked pretty, pretty freaking good. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you're right. I hate it. I hate that the hype has to keep going because he will keep profiting off of it. And he just does stupid crap, man. So, I mean, I hate that he's going to win it, but I think he's going to win it. So, um, Imagine if he did get that fight against McGregor. Imagine if he did get the fight against him. Or imagine if he did get that fight. He'd get tore up. Against McGregor, McGregor would kill him. Yeah, McGregor yeah. would like, murder that man. Like it would be, it would be. Oh yeah, and I forgot to add that to the to the McGregor thing. I saw the video of him doing karate style stuff now, so that looks good. Yeah, so that that I think that that's was really good. Off topic, but that I saw, would. Yeah. No, that's big time. That's really that will really. Hopefully, that will really help him get Poirier. I hope so. Poirier game is the same, man. He's coming forward. He's coming to knock your head off. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to bring up one more topic before we close the show. Um, I wanted to bring up, we had some NBA news drop just the other day. Um, Point guard for the Denver Nuggets, NBA playoff bubble superstar last year. Um, The same guy that helped uh, close a 3-1 lead against uh, the the Los Angeles Clippers in in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, Jamal, Murray. It up, Jamal, I love bringing it up. I, I'm always um, Jamal Murray towards ACL, bro. So um, I, I was pretty upset to hear. I knew that the it didn't look good. Um, the reports coming the out came down. Yeah, the reports were saying not looking good. Um, so I was kind of worrisome about that. I hate it for the Nuggets. I do actually like the Nuggets. Um, a good franchise. They drafted well. You know, they they put all the chips in this year. Went really well. Um, right now it, it kind of sucks. I mean, they do have some other pieces there right now. They sure could probably use that, um, RJ Hampton, you know, that they traded to the magic for Aaron Gordon. Um, even though he is young, I, I wouldn't want to rely on him, but I mean, you still got Monte Morris, uh, Facundo Campazzo. They got him from, uh, from Spain. And then as we've been doing the show, reports are coming out that Austin Rivers is looking at potentially going to the Nuggets, which I think right now that's your best move. I think you need to go and get that man if you can. Uh, yes. It would be a great pickup. But uh, Torres, what, where do you see this? Like, where, where do you see – do you see them sliding a good bit now with uh, Jamal Murray out? Like, what do you think this Denver Nuggets team looks like? Well, no question, yes. Uh, this does put some damper on the Western Conference Finals overall, um, especially when we're getting ready to hit it in the playoff time. I mean, we're yeah. a month away. Uh, less than a month away from playoff time. So, uh, yes, this does change a lot of things to the game. Um, I currently don't have the standings in front of me, but I do know one is the Suns, two is the Jazz. Take it back, Jazz is one, Suns is two. Yeah. Three, I believe, is the Clippers. Um, four is uh, – I think the they, they were four. They were four. Uh, I think they still might be. Here, I'm about to pull it up. Yeah, yeah, pull, pull up really quick. But, okay. yes, yes, it does affect it. Um, I think the Nuggets are what four, five, one of them. I think they're four. They, five. The Nuggets are four, so you got Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Clippers. and That's then right. Lakers. Yeah. So yes, that does affect, and these these are the the lasting games that can change because what the Lakers? How many games on the Nuggets? What only a game? Half. Like, half a game. Half exactly. So yeah, that's gonna change. Lakers gonna be the four seed. Nuggets gonna go down. You know, hopefully they don't go down further than that, but. Yeah. It's going to change the complexion of how this season was going to finish for him. And uh, the Nuggets would have been a team for the, a lot of people to handle. But now, 
We might fall all the way down. Heck, could be six seed. Clippers get their rematch, put them out in the first round. That actually might what happens. I would like to see, I would like to see the rematch. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, I think it would be close though. But um, because and also a, a little side note: the Clippers on a six-game winning streak, but nobody talks about that type of stuff. Yeah. They know who, who's going to be have, coming out of West. We can bring it up here, Torres. This is a safe space, man. You can bring that up if you want. Uh, I, I'm just saying nobody have been talking. I see. If the Lakers on a six-game win streak, it'll be all over the news. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. If the Clippers are on a six-game winning streak, nobody ain't talking jack about it. And, yes, playoff rondo is starting to become real. Okay. I want you to understand that. Okay. Playoff, playoff, playoff P, Paul George, he okay. is starting to become real. Okay. Kawhi Leonard, he is starting to become real. I like I'm telling it. telling y'all. I like it. You heard it from me every week. I'm going to say it again. Them clips are coming. I'm yeah. telling you not. Yeah. I'm telling you not. I cannot wait because this is going to put everything to rest. And everything that I said last year is what would have happened if it wasn't for the flukiest 3-1 in a Western Conference semifinals you will ever see. Mm. That was fluky. It was fluky, 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 fluky. So we're going to truly see, we'll truly see what the Lakers are made of, we when the Clippers step in and take all of that away. I'm looking and forward then, boom. to boom. Looking forward to it. Clippers versus Nets NBA Finals. There we go. A match made in heaven, according to Torres. All right. Uh, yes, it is. What a finals that would be a watch. All right, man. Well, hope I, you know, for your sake, I hope, I hope it happens. Uh, you know, <laughs> but for you know, I, I don't I I um for mine, I don't hope. You know, of course you know who I want there, but um, but no, you, you're right. They don't get as much recognition as they should. Um, but I, you know, I'll gladly recognize. You know, they are a good team this year. I told you that last time. I think they are a good team. They've been doing good. Um, you know, of course, I'm always going. You know, I'm going to hold that over them until they overcome that. Now, you know, I'm going to. Well, they're going to whoop that team. So it happens. But, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes down. But um, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh uh, no, man. I mean, yeah. Look, I mean, hey. Sports still going on. Things right. Everything else opening back up. So probably about to start seeing full capacity stadiums, you know, in the upcoming, you know, months. So that's exciting to see. Mm-hmm. It ain't nothing like hearing that roar yeah. during the sports uh, phenomenon. I mean, heck, we saw what the fans did for the Braves in their game. So <laughs> they got mad. Yeah. We, yeah. Did you yeah. watch that? I did. I, I only saw the controversial play. That's no, yeah. I, I was watching it live. I was like, dude. Yeah, no, I was watching. It. I was I was on the phone with the girlfriend watching it, and I was like, I was like, he's he's he missed the whole play. I was like, exactly. So I he was missed I, the whole play. I'm I'm not even you know me and you we we're not real big in baseball, but that that kind of did piss me off. I'm not gonna lie. That was like seriously because they even looked at it again. They upheld it, replayed like, it. And still made a bad call. Trash. I don't want trash. And then, <laughs> and then the Braves fans start throwing trash on the field. It's just yeah. they're so used to it, bro. They're so used to it. That they're just they're tired of it, man. Braves Atlanta fans, fans tired of that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm not shocked. As a Braves fan, I mean, look, as any Georgia fan would be, y'all tired of being cheated on the biggest stage. Yeah. And then somebody made a thread of a Atlanta uh, being cheated, and they showed the national championship with old buddy. They say he lined up offside. Yeah, or those three in a row passing the fans calls in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I I never forget that. Yeah. They called three straight passing the fans plays on third down for the Patriots against the. 
bro. And I was like, what? Don't remind me. Jeez. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. So. All right. Well, guys, I think I think that's going to wrap it up here. Um, as always, we appreciate the support. Continue to like and share, subscribe. You know, we're on Twitter at the TNT Podcast over on Instagram at TT underscore podcast. And you can listen to us anywhere. You can listen to podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, anywhere, guys. So continue to like, share, subscribe, um, you know, share to your stories, all that kind of stuff. Any support counts, guys. We really do appreciate it. So um, until then, see you next time. Bye-bye.